You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. God didn't give up on me is the title of this devotion. And how good it is when we are here and alive today. I love that little scripture in Deuteronomy 4 verse 4 where Moses at the end of his life when they're right in front of the border of the new land that God had given them through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the promised land. And they're right in front of the border A new generation, a new generation is sitting there. And Moses says to all of them, you are here and alive today because you've held on to the Lord. You see, God is not unjust to forget, Hebrews 6 verse 10 says, the love you have towards Him. He says in Psalm 91 verse 14, because you've set your love upon me, I've lifted you on high. And because you know my love and kindness that I will never leave you, no, never. I, or excuse me, because you set your love upon me, I have delivered you. And because you know my name, that I'm loving and kind and will never leave you. Therefore, I've lifted you up on high. You see, God regards it highly when you keep turning your heart to Him, when you keep humbling yourself when you keep opening His Word and reading it and worshiping Him by meditating on it and thinking it and worshiping Him by seeking to please Him and do His will and not your own. Oh, absolutely. God does not forget. And I tell you, God is faithful. But He also loves for us to have His character and nature and be faithful. And it's so important that we can be found by God in Jesus, having held on to Him, like the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 3, that for which Jesus took a hold of me, I press to lay a hold of. In other words, I will not give up to believe that Jesus is able in heaven to perfect His life here on me on earth, for that is why He's at the right hand of God to be able to give in to me his heavenly, holy, sinless life so that I may live as he lives. Oh, when these riches begin to fill your heart, you will get compelled to live for God and not yourself, to do his will and not your own, and to not give up taking a hold of God because he's faithful that he's never let go of you either. But I want to read you something that some years ago in the Amplified Translation just Wow, knocked me in the eye, so to speak. When I read that, I read it again, I read it again. I said, my goodness, Father, my goodness, Father. We don't always realize what it means that you don't give up on us. We don't always get it. We don't always, you know, you can't really smell your own breath, but others can. You don't always realize how your behaviors are maybe putting pressure on others and how they're bearing with you and being patient and gracious with with you believing for God to perfect you. But let me read you this verse that took a hold of me. It's here in Hebrews chapter three, verse seven through verse 10. 
Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, and of course we are living in fellowship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus who lives in the eternity of eternity. So it's always today. There's never yesterday or tomorrow. It's always today. Therefore, the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as happened in the rebellion of Israel and their provocation and embitterment of me in the days of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers tried my patience and tested my forbearance and found I stood their test and they saw my works for 40 years. Again, found I stood their test and they saw my works. Found I stood their test. When I read that, I thought, my father, how much have I in my behavior, my issues, and my hurts and frustrations pushed you and tested you. And yet you have not given up on me. You've kept being faithful. You've kept being there for me. You've never, never left me. And that's what the Lord said to uh, to all of Israel when through Nehemiah, he reminded them, read Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter nine. He says, the cloud by day to shade you in the sun's heat, never, never left. The fire by night to show the way and to light you up, never left. The manna never failed to be sufficient to feed you every day. The rock followed you and nursed your thirst. I never gave up on you. Your feet did not swell and your shoes did not wear out nor your clothes. I healed you and you didn't know it was I who did it. I bore you, I carried you within my own love and you didn't know it was me. My goodness, when we think about God not giving up on us, we ought to fall on our knees before His throne of grace and say, Lord, what can I do to say thank you? I want to live to do your will. I want to live to please you. I want to live to serve you. Let me take you to Hebrews chapter 10, please. Verse 5 through 7 and verse 10. Therefore, when He, Jesus, came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, you had no pleasure. And then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book, it's written of me to do your will. By that will, verse 10, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. You see, to say thank you to Heavenly Father for never giving up on you, let Christ compel you, enable and empower you to let go of your own will. I want, I want, what I I want this, I want that, to let go and say, Father, not mine will, but thine be will, thine be done, thine will be done. We ought to pray that. Remember, our Father who art in heaven, thou lowered be thy name, thine kingdom come, thine will be done. In the Lord's Prayer. So what the Lord is trying to show you today, I haven't given up on you. 
if you really, really love me and appreciate my love for you, then let it please you to do my will. You see, this is how we show our love for God. It's not through offerings and sacrifices that we failed and disobeyed that God is impressed. No, it's when we bow our hearts and say, Jesus, you prayed, not my will, but thine will be done. You gave yourself as an offering so that you can empower me to do the same. You see, Jesus says in John chapter 17, while he's praying to the heavenly father, John 17, verse 19, he says, So, Father, for their sakes and on their behalf, I sanctify, dedicate, and consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, and consecrated, and made holy in the truth. You see, Jesus won what you and I struggle with, where we fail continuously, where we keep doing my will, what I want, what I desire, what I need, and we live all so needy and broken and, and defective and sickly. I'm not talking about physical disease here, but spiritually we're sickly. Ah, we cry, oh, we, I didn't get this, and I want that, and I want this. And we keep being weak. Why? Because we haven't let Christ come into us and bring us to the rest of living in the will of the Heavenly Father. Coming to that rest where we say, Father, I'm yours. All I am is yours. All I have and all I am come from you for you give me all that I need. I trust you. And we come into that rest of the will of the Father and living in his will to be done. And we surrender everything and say, Father, if I never see it here on earth, I know I have everything with you. You're more than enough for me. So I surrender this. And it's amazing how the Heavenly Father wants to give us much more than we could ask for. But he seeks to be first in our life. And that has to do with the condition of our heart. That has to do with the condition of our soul. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul teaches us that we ought not to boast in anything we are after the human nature, but that the Heavenly Father has made Jesus unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, so that if any man boasts, he boasts in the Lord. In other words, what makes you feel radiant and happy and excited in life that Jesus in you is that sanctification, that total surrender to do the will of the Father, that total freedom to do His will instead of your will. Oh, that's called freedom, folks. That's called freedom. I don't go my way, but His way, and His way is perfect. Because He says here, do not be conformed, Romans 12, to, to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of your Heavenly Father. You ask yourself, Father, what is your will about this? You know, when Virginia and I, when I was a young man, I, I had a relationship and with somebody that I was about to marry. It was Christian, it was all good. But then something happened that called my attention to go before God about it. And God spoke to me and he showed me it was not his perfect will. 
but if I would go for it, he would love me. And I immediately thought, no, 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 my life is not my own. Jesus has paid for me, I belong to God, no, no, and I let it go. I let it go, it had its painful situation to go through for a while, but no, no. You see, you gotta have a place in your life where you've decided whose will you will follow, your own or God's. And that became evident in that small little test in my life so long ago that I lived to do His will, not my will, and that showed Jesus was in command of my heart because not because I'm better than any other man. Oh no, I've had my failings, so there's no boasting of Robert here, but boasting in Christ, I'm in command of my heart and my passions. And then some years later, as I was a pastor, all of a sudden felt in my spirit, it's time to get married. And I prayed this simple little prayer. I said, Father, you know what's best for me. My life is yours. You give me all that I need. Father, please, I ask you for a woman after your own heart who will do all you will. That's all I ask. Now, if she can have black hair and not be too tall, that would be nice. I snuck that one in. <laughs> I snuck that little prayer in. Virginia's brother, mother, and father are tall, but she's short. She blames me for it. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. I'm just teasing. But when I met Virginia there in 19... 82, at the end of, the, of 1982, the end of the year, I think must have been about November or so of 1982, I met her for the first time. And first time I met her and looked at her, I asked her this simple question. What do you believe God has called you to in your life? And she said, to do His perfect will. That's what joined us. That's what joined us. And that's what's kept us together. When the devil fought against us like a monster, trying to tear us apart so that he could harm our children and our children's children and the church that we are, that we as one pastor. Oh my goodness, Satan fought so hard, so hard and kept on, kept on pushing. It's worthless, it's worthless. Just forget about it, just break up, just run away, just walk away. He's such a liar. What? was stronger than all of those attacks of the devil and those evil temptations, the will of my Father. We knew, no, it's God's will. What man is joined together, let no one separate. What God has joined together, let no man separate. Jesus says in Matthew 19, no, I knew. No, I knew the will of God. You see, this has to be the, 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 the guard of your heart. What is the will of my Father? And then you stay in His will, no matter what the price is. And you know that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect. In other words, you will come to experience that goodness of God, that which is absolutely acceptable, enjoyable, and totally perfect, because you keep in His will. So I want to encourage you today. Do the will of your Father. He will never give up on you. He will never give up. Don't give up on him either. Amen. Have a good day.